G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. In the late 18th century, William Wilberforce was converted. Almost single-handedly, he broke the shackles of slavery. People there were just totally different. We are looking at the footprint of God over the last 2,000 years. Since the Roman legion destroyed Jerusalem in the year 70 AD, the Jewish people have a nation of their own. And he said, well, no, Randy, we're not all just faking it. There is a living hope, and his name is Jesus. And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History Makers. Hi and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Jeremy Kendall, who is a basketballer from the USA. Welcome to the program, buddy. How are you doing? Thanks, mate. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's great to catch up with you. Now, uh, I know you've been uh, playing with the Brisbane Bullets here in Australia. Tell us a bit about how long you've been in Australia now. So I've been in Australia on and off since 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first stop was in Toowoomba, playing in the Queensland Basketball League, and then I made my way down to Bendigo, um, then Brisbane and Sydney, and back to Brisbane. Very cool, mate. Now, we're going to hear a bit more of your basketball a bit later on, but let's find out a bit of your story. Uh, where were you born and raised in the U.S.? I was born and raised in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Um, it's in uh, southern Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an awesome place. Yeah, it's, um, I wouldn't say it's a small town, but it's just outside of um, you know a big city, Louisville. So um, it's, it's good. Okay, and did you have a religious upbringing at all? No, I did not. Um, I did not grow up in a um, faith-filled family, a religious background, didn't grow up in a uh, Christian school, um, so no, I didn't. I didn't have a uh, religious upbringing. And tell us about your faith journey. How did you come to Christ? So when I first, I first heard the gospel um, back in 2006. We had a coaching change from my junior to senior season in high school, um, and the new coaching staff brought FCA, which is Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and uh, one of the guys and. Um, so yeah, I just uh, got close with him, and he shared the gospel with me, and he kind of mentored me in high school and throughout college, and uh, that was really my first, um, I guess, meeting with uh, the gospel really broken down to me. And I wouldn't say I became a reborn Christian then, but that was really my my um, first instance with uh, a bit of faith. And it must have been uh, something that you hadn't really had much background in. Was it was it a surprise to you to hear this gospel message for the first time, or did you kind of have an understanding of it already? No, I didn't really have any understanding of it, to be honest. Um, I didn't know that, you know, Jesus was the central figure of Christianity. I, I really um, knew absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, Steve Kerberg is his name, and he was him and his family were phenomenal with really just spoon feeding me and breaking down the gospel and um, really um, dissecting it in a way that I was able to understand throughout, you know, throughout my years being around them and uh, just their love and 
and their support of me unconditionally was was a um, big thing that was a highlight for me and and why I came to faith is uh, through all my rebellious ways and running away and not showing up to church for months at a time. You know, they still love me the same. So um, they they were a huge huge impact on my life. So some people have a instant conversion, or some people have a gradual conversion. How did it happen for you? Yeah, I would say that it was it was gradual. Um, you know, once once I heard the gospel, and it was a process from there. Um, with with no doubt, you know, having highs and lows, and but right before I came to Australia in 2015, I think that's when when I actually um, decided to give my life to Christ, and that's when. I became a reborn Christian, and that's when things really, really began to change for me. And so for me, it was, it was a gradual process from, you know, 2006 until then. Um, but that was the real point where I made that change and I made that commitment, and things really started to um, to change for me. And how did that happen? Was that at a church or at a camp or just in a, in a coffee club? How, how did it happen? It wasn't at church. Um, I, I was really struggling with my lifestyle and what I was doing off the basketball court with drugs and alcohol and this and that. And, um, you know, finally I just saw the pain that I was causing myself and the people around me. And uh, I just met with my mentor and uh, my pastor at church. And I said, you know, I need help. And again, they, they were there for me. And, um, I just, at that point, realized it wasn't the addictions or the the mistakes that I had made. It was the indwelling sin, and that's when I realized, you know, I needed a savior. And you know, that's when I made the decision to, you know, give my life to Christ. And that's when things began, you know, for me, and began heading in the right direction and, and stopped with my with my old ways. And it was still a process of restoration and and all that. But um, that was really the moment. When, when everything changed for me. And tell us about how your lifestyle changed after that. Did everyone notice the difference in you? Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. You know, I went from being completely selfish with my time and with, with everything to um, trying to be as selfless as I could be, you know, and it was just everything was complete opposite. How I invested my time, who and what I invested my time in, to um, changing how I treated my, my friends and close loved ones. And uh, people definitely saw the change, but through, you know, FaceTiming with them and keeping in touch with them and them obviously following me on social media and whatnot, they, they've definitely noticed the change. And um, it's it sparked um, some change in, in some of them. And, you know, ever, ever since that moment, my, my parents have, have given their life to Christ and, uh, you know, some close friends that I grew up with have, and uh, they've given me some of that credit. So, I mean, it's just been an amazing four years since since that point, and um, it's a lot of growth and development, and, you know, it's been awesome. I know that uh, being a Christian athlete, some people like to challenge Christians in uh, in sport, and what's it like for you now that people know you're a Christian? You know, do you, do you get... Uh, challenged you know when you get angry at someone or when you you know you break the rules or something you know in the game is it is it harder being under the spotlight as a christian in sport um no i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's harder um i would say that's you know fair enough you know there's a standard on you that maybe isn't 
place on other people, which is fine. Um, I think it's an honor to be under a microscope, and I'm as flawed as as flawed can be. You know, I'm I'm human. I make mistakes. Um, but you know, with this with this platform that we have through sport, through basketball, you know, um, it's just an amazing platform to have. I think, and when people, you know, um, are intrigued by why I do the things I do or my my purpose and they ask questions that you know I can that can open up you know the faith uh, conversation so I mean it's it's uh it's an honor and um you know the persecution the the doubt the uh the negative comments and this and that it comes with the territory and you just have to turn your other cheek and just continue to live out your purpose and, and pray about things and be strong in the word of God. And, you know, like I said, like this, this platform isn't, isn't for my glory. It's, it's for God, for God's and it's, it's an honor. Mm. And I know you've been a part of Hillsong church. Do you get a chance to serve and be involved there or you, you just kind of attend? Yeah. So my wife and I, we've, we've, we've served and we're really close with, um, the lead pastors there, Nick and, um, Sarah Caroya and, um, you know, for us, we don't have immediate family here in Brisbane. You know, she's from Nelson, New Zealand. I'm from, from Indiana. So we don't have any immediate family here. And, you know, Hillsong is our family. They've, they've become our family and, uh, they've, they've treated us with, with love and welcomed us with open arms. And, um, you know, that's where we met my wife and I, we met after service, um, a couple of years ago when I was playing for the Bullets. And um, that's where we that's where we got married, and that's that's family to us. So um, you know they've they've been awesome, and we do when we have the opportunities to, uh, we do serve there. And um, I'm also a part of a, a ministry called Hoops for Christ that one of my one of my good friends um, founded back in the states, and um, it's, a, it's a basketball ministry where we use the game of basketball to to share the gospel and to encourage kids. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, Hillsong's been such a blessing to us. I'm curious to know what you do to serve in the church. Like I can imagine you passing out the offering buckets and getting everyone to slam dunk their offering in. Is that, is that the kind of thing you do? <laughs> no, nah, we, um, no, nah, we're, we're part of the welcome team. Yeah. So, um, you know, whichever service, uh, we're going to, we, we welcome, you know, new Christians and, uh, we talk to them about their next steps and, you know, what it looks like for them now that they've made a decision to, to follow Christ. And we really just point them in the right direction, get them in, um, small groups. Yeah, that's, that's, that's part of our, part of our responsibility. I'm curious to know, are, are there any Christian basketballers that have been a role model to you? Because I know there's some of the really well-known guys have a faith. Is there any that have really uh, encouraged you over the years? Yeah, I mean, um, like, no doubt, like, I mean, the one that sticks out above all is Steph Curry, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, he's one of the most popular, um, followed, just admired athletes in the world, and hate it at the same time and you know it's um he's he's been a he's been a blessing for not just myself but for so many athletes out there not just basketballers but christian christian athletes in general Mm. um but also guys like uh you know pistol pete maravich you know he's one of my favorite 
basketball players who gave his life to Christ towards the end of his lifetime. And, um, you know, there's, there's, there's been a number of athletes my age and even younger who are, who are, um, who are Christians and have a faith and who inspire me and have impacted my life. So it's not just the big famous, famous ones, but also just, you know, your everyday, um, you know, state league basketball players or guys in the NBL or guys back in college, you know, who are playing in NCAA. There's, um, there's tons of people that inspire me daily. Mm, so cool, mate. And I know that uh, I've been following you on Facebook. I saw you announce your wife's pregnant with twins. Congratulations. And uh, you've also been through a, a tough time uh, with some, some injury recently. Tell us uh, how you got through that time. Yeah, so... Um yeah, recently I, I tore my ACL and had to um, have surgery on it. So I'm on the mend with that. Um, yeah, so that's a that's a that's a long road recovery. Uh, they usually say about a year, give or take a little bit of time. So I'm currently doing rehab for that, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and then um, you know my wife uh, is, is pregnant with twins. Yeah, uh, they are they are due. Uh, December second, so it's just a, such a um, an amazing season for us. Uh, challenges, but also you know just we're just so so ready for um, these babies to be born, and we're ready to be parents, and it's just such a blessing. And um, we know that God's hand is is in is in it all. So mm. we're excited. Well, I was inspired to see your article in the on the uh, you know your photo on the front page of the Vision One Eighty Youth Devotional, and uh, you've been uh, featured in that uh, devotional. And I know you've got a real heart to encourage young people in their faith. Uh, you know, for, for people listening that have never really had a relationship with God, would, would you share with our listeners what is the gospel and how do they respond to it? Yeah, I mean, the gospel is is love. You know, God is love, and um, you know. The book of Genesis is it, it states that you know we were made to reflect the image of God. That doesn't mean like height, weight, and facial features, but rather inward character. So we we were created to um, have an intimate relationship with our Creator, and you know what that what that looks like is you know you you, you once you give your life to Christ, once you believe, you know it gives you purpose. And you start living for something bigger and better and greater than yourself. And um, once you begin to live with a, you know, a heavenly perspective, an eternal perspective, it just changes things. And um, your relationships with people um, begin to um, make sense and how you treat people. And ultimately, you know, time is the only thing you can't get back in life. So how and 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 who you invest your time and and what you invest your time changes, you know, because you realize you don't get that time back. And, um, yeah, just, I would just ex- explain it as, you know, God loves you so much. It's exactly where you're at. Um, no matter your past, no matter your current beliefs, your current circumstances, he is greater than those things. Um, and that he wants and he desires to have a intimate relationship with you and have you live out your purpose. Um, and that God-given purpose is going to give you so much more joy, happiness, and peace than than any um, 
anything you can pursue on your own mm. accord. So, uh, yeah, he loves you where you're at. And I would encourage anybody at this moment, and especially young people, to to really start pursuing and, and um, seeking, you know, this, this God of the Bible, Jesus, because he is real and he loves you. Um, and he, he died for you. God bankrupted the heavens, giving us Jesus for you, me, and all of humanity. So uh, it's truly an amazing story. The gospel is, and um, it's changed my life. Awesome, Jeremy. It's been so good to hear you share your faith today, and we pray for recovery for you, uh, quick recovery uh, after the uh, the injury you've been through, and a blessing on your wife. Have a, you know, given birth to those beautiful twins shortly. Uh, we pray the Lord will bless you, and uh, that your career will continue to uh, prosper, and you'll be able to reach many people with the good news. Jeremy Kendall, I reckon you're history maker. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Matt. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we appreciate all of your support. The vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus all over the world. If you've got a suggestion of someone we can interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials, and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.